In today's podcast, I'm going to talk about two different ways to be able to get brand registry for your Amazon account in under two weeks. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got back with us today, Anita, for the first time in a year. Anita from sellertrademarks.com. That's a company that uh, Helium 10 also helps to run. And we are definitely having you on the show again, Anita, because something that is kind of universally and evergreen as far as importance for sellers is the issue about brands and trademarks. So, so welcome back to the show. How's it going? Oh, hello, Bradley. It's going pretty well. Nice to have you back too. <laughs> nice to be Thank back you. in the show. After the megathon, uh, which was pretty exciting, uh, yes, yeah, I'm very excited. Now, really quick, you actually—we were supposed to originally. We were wanting to do this in person, and we were going to have you out to our office. But, but you—you you kind of got stuck in Europe when this whole crisis started happening, right? Where you weren't even able to fly back, even if you wanted to. Yeah, I'm still stuck. Unfortunately, I plan to go back. Now we're just trying to decide when and if it's even worth going back now in the summer <laughs> so uh, it's pretty funny yeah i'm still in greece so it's been more than two months now well it's almost three months do you have a place out there or are you you having yeah. to stay in like airbnb or hotels yeah, every day it's or? an airbnb but we got a really good deal obviously because there are no tourists but it's um we're in athens and it's it's an interesting city for the first three or four days Maybe not for three months. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, your your landlord must be happy because I know a lot of Airbnb people out there are struggling. Yes. You know, due to yes, no I travel. I think he's so. happy. He he was very happy when we said that uh, we kind of missed the flights and now we're going to stay. So he's happy. But yeah, we like it. I mean, it's a little bit unexpected, but not much really changed for me um, because I've been working from home anyway. So it hasn't really affected me in any way. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. Now, usually, you know, lately I wanted to start off the show always with like a bang of of a big uh, of a big strategy. And actually, I'm going to talk about that really briefly because you helped me on this. But since it was actually me, I think I can give some firsthand knowledge. For one of our case study projects for Project X, I was thinking, okay, I want to be able to get brand registry on this account, and what are the fastest ways? So, so I went to you and and asked you about that. And you had said that, hey, if we actually do a trademark in Germany and choose the expedited method, that we can actually get brand registry pretty fast. Now, I sent you an email. I gave you all the information and, and paid for everything. And literally from the first day that I sent that email to you, I was able to get from you that German trademark in 12 days, less than two weeks. And then two days later, I had the brand registry because the cool thing about it is that once you have that German trademark or whatever country you get the trademark in and you have that registry number, that's all you need to go to Amazon to prove that you have that brand as a trademark and they can actually see it. They can verify that in the German trademark system and the UK trademark system, et cetera. And so within 48 hours after I had that trademark, I actually did have brand registry 2.0 and, and that was really cool. So that's kind of like what I first wanted to talk about with you is, is that whole process of First of all, why 
why is it so much faster in Germany to get a <laughs> trademark than it is in the U.S.? I mean, because we're not even talking about, oh, four weeks versus two weeks. We're talking two weeks versus, what, eight months or six months as it yeah. takes here? Well, I think the Germans, they're very efficient and they've always been. But sometimes it takes even less. Like uh, we had instances when it only took six, six to eight days. Uh, so yours was on the longer side. Uh, but usually they're pretty quick. And I can tell you why. Because the accelerated examination, not expedited, accelerated it's called, they put you in a different line. It's like a special line, privileged line. Uh, so they review your file first. Uh, that's why it's so quick. Uh, another reason why it's so quick, because Germany is a different country from all other um, countries where we usually file from the, it's different from the US, UK, uh, European Union, Canada, Mexico, Australia, uh, in a way that in Germany, when your trademark is filed, uh, it's reviewed and then it's registered right away. And after registration, it's published for opposition purposes. So the process is reversed. Uh, in other countries, uh, your trademark is filed, it's reviewed, and then it's published for opposition purposes. And this um, period varies from 30 days, like in the US, to three months in, in, the US, in the EU. So while your trademark is published for opposition by third parties, you're obviously waiting and it's just the trademark is doing nothing. So in Germany, they decided, okay, we'll let you register the trademark, you'll get the registration number. And then your trademark is published. So if somebody decides to oppose registration of your trademark, then you'll have to defend it. And if you don't, uh, your trademark will be canceled. Well, the good thing is that Amazon is not going to double check. I, I don't think they even know that German trademarks are different. So once you have the registration number, you will get access to brand registry. And then even if it's opposed by somebody and you decide, well, I'm not going to defend it, I mean, it will not affect your brand registry. Interesting, interesting. Now, let's just talk about if somebody's selling in Amazon.com, let's talk about the foreign trademarks because, I mean, obviously Amazon views it as a valid trademark. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to enter German trademarks or UK trademarks to prove that you have a trademark in order to get brand registry. But as far as from the protection standpoint, are you protected here in the United States even though you have a German trademark or, or is there no difference, you know, as far as that goes legally? Well, legally, I mean, you're protected in a way that you are in the brand registry. So once you get access to brand registry, you get access to some additional uh, features. And one of them is uh, having your own storefront. So when um, a hijacker selects a listing to hijack, the first thing they check is whether you have a brand registry. So they click on your brand name. And then if it goes into the storefront, they see that you're in the brand registry. If it goes to some, you know, random like general, general Amazon page, they know that you are not in the brand registry. So even this little thing really uh, helps to minimize the number of hijackers because they tend to avoid uh, listings that are in the brand registry, obviously, because they don't know if it is it a UK trademark, German one or US one. Uh, they don't want to spend their time on, um, you know, sourcing the products and hijacking the listing when they can hijack. Uh, a different listing that's not in the brand registry. So from this um, point of view, it really helps uh, if you have no time to wait or if you just, uh, for some reason, you cannot file a U.S. trademark. I mean, of course, if you sell in the U.S., you, you should have a U.S. trademark. I mean, there is no question about that uh, because only U.S. trademark will fully protect you. 
Like if you want to sue somebody for trademark infringement, uh, you mm. really need a U.S. trademark. I mean, you can't rely okay. on the German or UK one, uh, but it's a good solution if you can't wait. Uh, if for some reason you can't register in the U.S., uh, maybe there is a similar trademark already, or maybe you already got a refusal, or maybe you, you don't want to wait, or maybe there are some other reasons, like strategic reasons, why you don't want to file in the U.S. Uh, so, yeah, in this case, it's um, it's a pretty good solution. We've been quite happy. Uh, we used it for like over a year now with Germany. Okay. So the main benefit is not like, you know, it's not going to help you really selling on Shopify or you can't take somebody to court in the United States for, a, you know, infringement of a German trademark. But it's mainly on Amazon since Amazon gives you the rights to to your brand through brand registry, even with a German trademark or UK or et cetera. Right. I mean, and sometimes it's a, it's a cheaper solution too. Um, yeah. As I said, some, some people cannot file in the U S for like whatever reason, or don't want to wait, or maybe they want to file two trademarks. Uh, yeah. In this case, it's a good solution. I mean, we've been, uh, happy that we found it because Germany is the fastest country. Uh, it's definitely faster than the UK or EU or Mexico, um, or like Turkey or, United Arab Emirates. So all of those countries I accept, but they're like much slower. Okay. Now, what I also did at the very same time almost as I started to get the trademark with you was I went through the IP accelerator program for a different brand just to kind of like almost like a, a fast and furious test of a drag race between two cars, street cars. Mm -hmm. But I started the process where I emailed somebody and then they went through the process and I got that one also in about like 12 to 15 days where I was able to get brand registry. So it was almost exactly the same amount of time as it took the German trademark. However, that's with the U.S., but the U.S. trademark is not a full trademark yet. But that's the difference about an IP accelerator is that you can get brand registry even though it's not fully registered yet. But from a protection standpoint, both of these brands, obviously I now have brand registry. But is there any difference as far as one giving me more protection over the other or vice versa at this moment in time when in which I still don't have a fully registered U.S. trademark? No, I mean, there is, I mean, you pretty much get the same uh, brand registry um, with the IP accelerator or with the German trademark. Uh, well, with IP accelerator, I mean, there are like a few things that you, I don't know if you are aware, like one of them, like the difference is with a German trademark. Uh, so let's say you apply for brand registry and you get access. And then uh, let's say you decide to open another listing like a month later. So your current brand registry will extend to the new listings with IP accelerator. So once you um, apply for the brand registry, it's only granted for the specific listing that you have at the time of applying for the brand registry. So if you launch any other listings, they will not be part of that brand registry. And I don't think, I don't think many people are aware of this limitation. So that's, I think is quite significant. Um, so I, I don't know, some people have a lot of listings and they sell under the same brand. So they have like different variations or like different products, uh, that, that sell under the same brand and they keep adding new listings. They keep launching them. Um, that's one of the difference differences. The other thing is that, uh, with IP accelerator, because it's so, so new, we don't know how Amazon will treat it six months later. I mean, they said they are going to check the status of the U.S. trademark and if it's not registered or, or if the mark is refused, they're going to kick you out. So I'm a little bit cautious about that as well uh, because they are going to go back and they're going to um, check the status and what happens then, uh, we don't really know. 
other than that, okay. it's pretty much comparable. Um, yeah, but I think that limitation that you cannot add new listings um, with a um, IPX rated trademark that's quite um, that's quite a limitation. Interesting, interesting. Now, just in general, regardless of if somebody is trying to get IP accelerator through Amazon or somebody's, you know, getting a trademark through seller trademarks, one thing I noticed was that a lot of the questions being asked to me by your staff and then by this IP accelerator staff was very similar. In other words, you know, they, they asked me for, you know, a logo and and when it was used and 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 then they also had similar concerns like both were like oh, i'm not sure if this is if this is unique enough of a brand name you know it was too generic so you had said that it might affect it being passed so what are all of these things that somebody needs to keep in mind regardless of how they're going to go for their trademark what are some things that people need to prepare first of all so that they're already ready to go as soon as they 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 go to you or or to ip accelerator and then also what are some good things to keep in mind as far as the brand name that they're picking? Yeah, I think uh, one of the mistakes that people make is choosing uh, a generic or descriptive name. Uh, like right now, for example, we see a lot of trademarks that have been filed for like uh, Corona or COVID-19, um, you know, um, for the trademarks that contain those two words. Uh, so they're not very unique. And uh, maybe in two, three years down the road, they... Um, they will have to get rid of them because they're not going to be popular anymore or will be over that, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, when you choose a trademark, you definitely have to find the balance between the marketing uh, point of view and a legal point of view because the trademark that's good from the marketing perspective is not necessarily good from the legal perspective. Uh, for your brand, I mean, you obviously want to find a name that uh, describes the brand, uh, but on the other hand, descriptive marks are not registrable. So here you have to make your trademark unique. You have to make it distinctive. And that's not always easy. I mean, if it's very distinctive, if it's very unique, it's not. It's more difficult to make it uh, stand out. Uh, and it's more difficult for your clients to find you because they have to remember your brand name. And they will only remember it as you grow big. So when you pick the brand name, you have to do it you, with a, uh, some vision ahead of you. So think about like two or three years horizon, not you know, six months horizon. Um, some of the good names is obviously like Google or like Microsoft, Samsung, right, Toyota. I mean, these trademarks are very distinctive. They are very unique. Um, um, trademarks like Best Buy, for example, uh, is descriptive. So usually this trademark wouldn't be registrable because it describes best deal, right? Uh, so picking a name like this is usually not a good idea unless you're very big and unless you're very famous and unless you have sales in each state and this is what happened to them. So they've become so big and so well known that people started to associate this name with them rather than with the uh, best deal. Uh, but with, for smaller businesses, you can't always count on that, that you'll become as, as big as Best Buy. So you have to find a name that's that has a balance of the market marketing perspective and legal. So you can pick one word that describes the product and one word that's distinctive that will help you to make it registrable. So that is always our advice. Uh, don't try to find a one-word trademark. Go for two or three words. Yes, it's longer, but it's definitely going to give you an edge uh, in the trademark registration process, uh, and it will help your clients to remember the brand as well. Okay. 
Interesting. So in, in your recent experience, what are some of the reasons that maybe a trademark was denied to be registered by the government? Well, I mean, usually uh, a trademark is refused when they find something similar. When the trademarks office does a trademark search and they find a similar trademark that was already filed. And of course, because we do comprehensive search before the filing, it's part of our packages. Uh, we usually tell our clients, but, well, hey, this trademark is not very registrable, but sometimes clients still want to proceed or they want to take that risk. Uh, another reason is that the trademark is descriptive. So it describes the products. For example, if you sell apples and you call your trademark uh, green tasty apples, it's not going to be registrable because it's just descriptive. It lacks the unique component. Uh, and of course, I mean, if it's descriptive, then yes, we tell our clients it, the mark is descriptive or maybe close to be descriptive. Uh, but if you already sell on Amazon and you have a listing and you have an active brand, uh, rebranding means changing the brand name and changing, uh, if you change the brand name, you may lose all the reviews So and you will have to start over. So if the client is already uh, selling under the current brand, uh, rebranding is not always an option. So in this case, we can give it a try or we can recommend to file with an image or we can try and uh, file in a country that's more laid back and that will allow registration of a descriptive mark because they're all different, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, obviously I know the answer to this because uh, I did it with you, but for somebody who, who might be in the United States and they, they want to get a British trademark or they want to get that German one, do you have to have like VAT or a German entity or a company like that in order to get it? No, no. VAT is definitely uh, not required. Uh, and you don't have to have a local company because, I mean, all trademarks that we file are filed through local attorneys. Uh, so the attorney will represent you and they will have a local address. So you don't have to have a, a local company or a local address. It's not a requirement. Okay. And and vice versa. What What if now somebody has brand registry in the USA and they did it maybe through IP Accelerator, for example, or or even through Seller Trademarks and they got actually a US trademark. And now they're like, hey, I want to sell in Europe, you know, Amazon Germany, Amazon, you know, UK, Amazon France, et cetera. Can they use their US trademark to get brand registry in Amazon Europe? Yeah, absolutely. So it works uh, both ways. You will get access to brand registry on in on all Amazon websites, uh, but you will only be able to enforce your trademark uh, if you have a an EU registered trademark. For example, if we're talking about Europe, so if we're talking about France, you will have to have either a local French trademark or an EU trademark. So, like a German trademark would count since it's part of the EU, then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay, so. What about in other countries? Like, I don't have much experience in, like, you know, Amazon Japan or Amazon Australia, or now there's Amazons all over the place, it seems, nowadays. So have any of your customers talked to you about the process for getting brand registry in those countries or getting trademarks for those countries? Yeah, we just had, like, a few clients who were interested to file in the United Arab Emirates, so we might begin filing there. The process there is so complicated. You have to notarize, authenticate, and legalize the power of attorney first in the U.S., and then you have to courier 
curate the power of attorney to the United Arab Emirates, and then the attorney has to do the super legalization in the in the UAE again. So it's like uh, so much extra efforts. Uh, in in Turkey, uh, yeah, we also had a client who used the Turkish trademark. Um, to get access to brand registry on Amazon.com and Amazon.co.uk. Uh, um, we don't really file a lot there, but we're beginning to see quite a lot of interest in the in filing in the United Arab Emirates. I mean, I wish the process was easier because it's just, even in China, it's easier. Just in general, uh, we talked about this a little bit a year ago, but there's probably a lot of people who are listening now who didn't hear that original episode. But But just in general, what are some of the, the main misconceptions people have about trademarks and the, the process or, or just what trademarks are? What what are some of the most common misconceptions that people don't understand? Yeah, some people, uh, we found that some people think that you can only file a trademark in the U.S. if you already sell in the U.S. Uh, well, it's not true. You can file uh, based on future use, so you don't actually need to sell anything in the U.S., but then before your trademark is registered, then you will have to start using your trademark. So it means you will have to start selling your products under your brand in the U.S. Uh, but yeah, some people don't really realize that. Uh, another thing that we noticed is that people don't realize that a trademark is always filed for specific products. So you don't file an umbrella trademark for everything under the sun. You have to decide uh, what products you will sell, and it should be part of your business plan anyway. And once you know what you're going to sell, so select your product, uh, then we can file a trademark because it will attach to the specific products. I mean, of course, you can always launch new products uh, and you can file an additional trademark for the same name for those additional products. Um, but we can't just file for trademark ABC for everything just to take the name and make sure no one uses it. And another thing we noticed is that you to make sure the trademark is enforceable and is active and is valid, you have to continue using it. So you have to continue selling your products under your brand. Uh, if you abandon your trademark, let's say if you close down the business, uh, you pretty much lost your trademark, even if you still have it and even if it's still active, even if it's still registered, it may be canceled for non-use because you abandoned it. You completely close down the business. So once it's abandoned, it's no longer valid. So anyone can challenge it and it will be canceled. Uh, yeah, I think those are the like a few things that stand out. Okay, good to know, good to know. Now, just, you know, I'm sure another frequently asked question for somebody who's not familiar with the process is they want to know how much it costs. So like, let's go to the most expensive option, which I would assume is is that one that I did where I got the expedited service so I can get it done in two weeks. So if somebody were to go to seller trademarks and, and say, hey, I, I want to get this brand registry in two weeks, so I'm going to do this expedited German, including, you know, the seller trademarks costs, including the government fees are, are all, what, what's a rough estimate about how much somebody is going to be out of pocket for that? Yeah, hold on. Let me tell you. So, uh, so you will pay the professional fees and then you will pay the, um, government fees on top of that. So the, the cost will be under $1,500. That's the, the total amount. So less than $1,500. I mean, I don't have the exact number, but yeah, it will be around sure. that. Because the government fees are paid in, uh, in euros. So they will be converted to the US dollars. Okay. Now, if somebody where time is not important to them, what would be the cheapest option, including all those fees to you know, would it be the UK one? Would it still be the German one? Would it be US or which one's the cheapest? Uh, UK is the cheapest one. Uh, it will be under $1,000. Uh, 
uh, and it will take around three and a half months in the UK. I mean, UK is actually a very good trademark because usually what we found is that sellers, if they decide to expand outside of the US, they usually start selling in the UK because it's also, it's a pretty big market and they speak English there. So it's a very useful trademark to have uh, anyway. Now, how is that going to work now going forward because of the Brexit? So if somebody gets a UK trademark and they still want to sell in, Am in the other Amazon Europe's places, they still need to get a France or Germany or, or another EU trademark? Yeah. So because uh, UK has left uh, pretty much all trademarks that – so let's say if you file in the EU, if it gets registered before the new year, before 2021 uh, – it will be valid in the UK. So they're going to split the EU trademarks and they're going to add an extension. So if you have a trademark in the EU now, you will end up with two trademarks. One will be for the EU and the other one will be for the UK because EU will separate and split out the UK trademark and they will give it a new number. Uh, but for all trademarks that are not registered before the new year, um, pretty much you will have no protection in the UK. And if you have a UK trademark, if you plan to sell in the EU, like in France, Italy, Germany, Spain, uh, you need to file in the EU. So it will protect um, the other 27 countries. So it's still a very powerful trademark. Uh, but yeah, the, the Brexit has messed up things a little bit. Okay. All right. Another question I think a lot of people have is, is part of the process is a little bit you know, people don't understand this part of the process, but where it says published for opposition. So what does that actually mean? Yeah. So remember how explained where Germany, uh, how Germany is different because they have this publication after registration. So that's exactly uh, what it means. So after the formal review of the trademark is complete uh, and after the trademarks office has checked to make sure there are no similar trademarks, that the trademark is registrable, is distinctive, it's actually not descriptive, it's not generic, uh, then it's published in a special journal or gazette, how it's called in some countries. Uh, and it allows third parties to, uh, to say, well, hey, this trademark is similar to mine. I don't want it to be registered. So they raise their hand and they say, I object. I don't want this tra trademark to register. So in the US, this uh, period is 30 days. In the uh, UK, it's like two months. In the EU, it's three months. Um, so it's a limited period of time uh, during which third parties may decide that your trademark is too close to theirs, and then they can file an opposition. And it involves uh, paying uh, fees to the attorney, paying some government fees as well, and you start a formal proceeding, and it's handled by the trademarks office. Um, and then you have to file a response if you disagree, obviously. If you don't file a response, your trademark will be abandoned. Uh, if you don't file okay. a response in Germany, it will not affect the brand registry because, remember, you have the registration number. If your U.S. trademark is opposed and you don't file a response, you lose the trademark. Um, and then in some countries, the costs are pretty reasonable. Uh, like in Canada, U.K., EU, the costs are very reasonable. So they're less than $10,000, uh, like substantially less in some countries. Uh, in the U.S., the costs are very high. So it's best if your trademark is not opposed because it will be pretty expensive if it is. Okay. Now, how long does a trademark last in the different countries? Like, you know, patents, you know, we know when we had Rich Goldstein on there, it lasts a certain number of years and then you can never renew it. But how does it work with trademarks? Yeah, with, with trademarks in most countries, it's 10 years. Uh, and 
so and every 10 years you can renew the marks so pretty much they last indefinitely but you have to remember to renew them and what we found is when people file themselves they often forget to renew them so many trademarks become abundant because people simply forget about that renewal date because it's you know 10 years later you think oh yeah i'll have plenty of time and then of course you forget and you lose the trademark forever uh, but yeah, yeah it's 10 years in most countries what if you're about to go through the process and you notice that maybe some bad seller has actually, you know, jumped you and is trying to register your trademark. Is there anything you can do about it or only if you just happen to catch it within that opposition period? Yeah, and actually happens quite a lot. I mean, we had a few instances in the last six months when uh, our client's listing has been stolen uh, well, stolen in a way that it was put as proof of use in the U.S. And uh, somebody filed for our client's trademark in the U.S. And they took a screenshot of our client's listing and said that that was proof of use of their trademark. And of course, I mean, sometimes it happens when people delay. Like we had a client who said, oh, I want to see how it goes. And then he delayed for six months. And during this period of time, another person filed for the trademark. So when a client delays, uh, it may happen, especially if the sales uh, go well and you get some, you have some good reviews, somebody may decide to do that. So in this case, yes, if you miss the position period, and sometimes uh, you miss it because if you decided not to file, you're waiting to file, uh, you're not going to double check like every month, okay, has anyone else filed, especially if they haven't made that decision to file. Uh, so if you miss the position period, the only recourse that you have is try to cancel the mark. So you can file the cancellation proceeding once the trademark is registered. So it can be done. It's more complicated. It's uh, more expensive, but it can be done. And usually your best bet is to hope that the other party will not respond when you file the cancellation proceeding. And of course, you can write a, you can write a cease and desist letter, of course. I mean, that's the first thing you'll do. Uh, if that if the other trademark is past the opposition stage, most likely they will ignore you because they know that you can't oppose that trademark. But it, it's still a good idea to write a cease and desist letter just to put them on notice that well, hey, I noticed you. Uh, what you what you're doing is not good, uh, and that's why again it's so important to file as soon as possible. I mean, we've seen so many times when people delay, uh, you know only to regret it later. And they, th they say, yes, I don't want to spend money on, tra on a trademark now. Our budget is limited. Uh, and it does happen that somebody steals your trademark. And it's been happening uh, more often uh, than before, I think, with the rise of uh, Amazon um, sales, uh, competition has become really fierce. So some bad people uh, try to file for trademarks that belong to other people. Mm. Yeah, so... People need to be on the lookout, and that's just another reason why you should not delay to get your own trademark. Now, if you don't care about much about your brand, you're just trying to always sell the next fidget spinner that's only going to be around for five months. Well, you know, maybe it doesn't make sense for you to get a trademark because by the time you get the the trademark, you know, it's you're you're already on to the next product. But anybody who's trying to build a brand or you want to have a sustainable product, pretty much everybody should consider getting a trademark, right? Yeah, I mean, again, there are so many benefits. We discussed it many times, but if, especially if you plan to sell your business, I mean, the money that you spent on the trademark will double or triple or quadruple uh, because you will get more money for your business. I mean, a registered trademark will increase the value of your business substantially because it's an asset. Okay. Now, before we get into your 30-second tip for everybody, I want to play something we didn't have the last time you were on the show, and we call it the search volume game. So I'm going to give you three keywords, you know, 
This is, you're, you're not necessarily an Amazon seller, but since you're in Greece right now, stuck in Greece, I, I pick three keywords that have Greek in it. And then I'm going to give you three. <laughs> yep. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the three search volumes and you try to guess which one is searched for, you know, the most and middle and the least. So the three keywords, I'm going to give it to you in, in the order of the length of the keyword. One of these keywords is called Greek oregano. One keyword is Greek seasoning. And one keyword is plain Greek yogurt. Okay. Now the three search volumes, one of these keywords that I mentioned is searched for only 1000 times a month about. The middle one is searched for 3,000 times, and the one that is searched for the most <laughs> is 6,000 times. Now, keep in mind that I always do tricks in here. I mean, this is actual information from Helium 10, but it's not always what you would think. So think about that. So again, Greek oregano, Greek seasoning, plain Greek yogurt. What do you think is searched for the least to the most? I think, well, I'm not an expert in the keywords, but <laughs> I uh -huh. think the least searched is Greek oregano. Uh, and then I don't know which one should be the most searched. I mean, are we talking about Amazon here? Yes, strictly Amazon. These are searches know. that people do on Amazon. I don't know if they sell yogurt on Amazon. That would be new if they did. So I would say Greek seasoning is the most searched, but I won't be surprised if it's plain Greek yogurt. I would, I would, I would be curious how they sell it though. All right, I, I need your final answer here, Anita. Oh. <laughs> Greek. You, you can't say either one. <laughs> You're cheating. Yeah, I am cheating. Right? It's, it's never black or white. It's gray. <laughs> I would say Greek, uh -huh. Greek seasoning. Uh, that's what I would probably search for uh, on Amazon. Yes, the most then. I think so. I, I Well, that's my guess, right? Okay. All right. Anita, guess what? You, you are the fourth person out of 50 people to actually get the all three right. Oh. <laughs> this is less than a 10, less than 10% get it right. Okay. So I thought I could trick you because actually Greek yogurt, that keyword by itself, which I didn't mention is actually searched for 60,000 times a month mm -hmm. on Amazon. But the way I put it was plain Greek yogurt is only searched for 3000 Greek oregano. You were right. That is the least search. It's searched for a thousand times and Greek seasoning is 6,500 times. So you are one of the very few who actually has got them all right. So a great, great job on that. Now let's get now into what we call the tst or TST 30 second tip, something about trademarks that you can say in 30 seconds or less. That's very valuable for our listeners to hear. Yeah. Always do a trademark search uh, before you settle on the final trademark. Uh, make sure that you have the domain name available. Make sure that the social media handles are all available. Make sure that uh, you don't find any companies with the same name. So do some Google check, Google search. And then the last step is do a proper trademark search. Uh, in all of the jurisdictions where you plan to use the trademark or where you plan to sell, I think that's the best tip I can give you. Never file or never adopt a trademark that hasn't been properly checked. Domain name, social media, uh, Google, uh, company names, uh, and uh, availability of the trademark. Okay. Thank you so much, Anita, for joining us. If anybody wants to reach out to you, they can find you at sellertrademarks.com. And, and we need to get you maybe, uh, if you're okay with it, like in the Helium 10 users group. So maybe people can tag you in there if they if they want to ask general general questions about trademarks. Is that okay? Yeah, I think I am there. You have so many. I Perfect. I think I'm there. Yeah, either FBA High Rollers or Helium 10 users. Make sure to tag Anita Marr. And if she's uh, online, 
she'll be happy to help you with your yeah. trademark questions. So we'll touch bases with you in maybe another year or so, Anita, to see what's new with trademarks. How's that sound? Yeah, sounds good. Sounds excellent. All right. Thanks a lot.